Liz Corey. And I'm Katie King. And this is True Crime New England. What's up, everybody? Hello. Welcome back to another episode. Thank you for joining us on this beautiful Thursday morning, or maybe it's Friday afternoon. Perhaps it's Sunday at the break of dawn. Whatever it is. Hello. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Today's case, we just wanted to preface, is not exactly true crime in a way. Yeah, it's definitely a different aspect, but it is a disappearance, as you can tell by the title. So we definitely felt like it was, first of all, intriguing. Hmm. And second of all, important that we get it out there because it has been some time since this happened. Yes. And, you know, it's always, we. you guys know it's our mission, basically, to get these stories out there and talk about these things. So we're happy to do it. And also, this case is quite interesting. So it's... Definitely going to be a good episode, so you guys should stick around. And also, it's relatively recent, like you said, Katie, so that's always kind of adding to the crazy factor and the um, interest levels, at least for me personally. But it kind of brings me to a certain question, Katie. What is your biggest fear? Anything with the ocean. Oh. Water, deep sea. Okay. I will see videos or pictures of, and one comes to mind specifically, where it is a diver. Okay. And the photo is very panned out, Mm -hmm. where a diver is a little tiny speck, Mm -hmm. and there's, you know, an area of ocean around him. Yeah. The rest is just black. Yeah. And you don't know what is there. You don't know what is with you. Mm-hmm. And in the deep sea too, you know, you never know what is there. And so much of the ocean is undiscovered. Anything to do with drowning mm-hmm. as well. That is a huge fear of mine. Okay. Doing the research on this and oh, just like anything to do with mm-hmm. deep sea, water. I will go to the beach. I will go into the ocean. I will go in a lake. Sure. I go up to my knees. Oh, me too. That is it. Yep. I do not mess around. Mm -hmm. Once I cannot see my feet. Sure. I'm calling it. Forget it. I'm calling it. Okay. Oh, man. And just the thought of... No. Okay. That is totally fair. Mm -hmm. And I would have to say I would have to agree. I'm, I'm scared of plenty of things. You know, death in general is very scary. I would rather be shot in the face than drown. 100%. The thought to me, what scares me the no- the most is not being able to breathe. Because, you know, you have those dreams. I'm someone who dreams several times a night, very vividly. And I have those dreams where, like, I can't breathe. And I wake up and I'm, like, gasping for air. That feeling is the worst feeling. And that is not even close to not being able to breathe, you know? It scares the living shit out of me. So drowning freaks me out as well. Now, I was a swimmer, a competitive swimmer for seven years. And while that was many boons ago, I still believe I probably could, you know, pull out some old strengths, you know. But the thought of the ocean freaks me out. Whales, terrified. I'm terrified of whales. I know that's silly. But they are so big and I am so small. (laughs) And I just do not like them. And I don't like sharks, obviously. And I don't like the darkness of the ocean. Right. I don't like rip currents. I don't even really go in the ocean, like at the beach. First of all, don't like the beach. It's too hot and there's nowhere to get shade. Second of all, 
I barely go in the water. And if you live in New England, no matter where you are in New England, what time of year it is, it's always very cold. And number three, the rip currents are real and they're up close and they will take you away and you will drown and die. And I do not want that. When I was in Iceland, oh God! one of the things that our tour guide stressed is we were all on, it was like a scenic ride and mm-hmm. we went to the Black Sand Beach, mm-hmm. which is something that Iceland is known for. Sure. It's also known for these things called sneaker waves, oh. which we have in New England, by the way, no. where, you know, you'll see the waves come up on shore and they're even and you can tell the line in the sand yeah. where the sand is wet versus dry. Sure. Every couple waves or so, a sneaker wave will come up where it will be 10 times as strong and, t- and cover 10 times the distance and just out of nowhere. And people all the time, it actually happened a week before I went to Iceland, a tourist got too close to the water and a sneaker wave came and they're so powerful, it sucked, it's, it'll suck you in. <gasps> and there's a ledge. So it's sand and then it drops off and no. there's water. And it's like a a washing machine rinse cycle is what it was told to us by our tour guide. And you get stuck there. And they cannot retrieve your body because it is unsafe to do so. Oh, So you are just left. Turning. Turning around, spinning. Maybe a shoe will wash up if you're lucky. Yeah. Holy shit. And I saw it happen. I didn't see someone get sucked in. Oh. But there was a sneaker wave and it knocked like four people to the ground. Yep, and there was an old man, and he had his camera, and he was so busy, you know, taking pictures, and oh, this beautiful rock ledge. There were claw marks (gasps) in the sand from where he was trying to fight back with the wave, and he was okay. Yeah. But after we all witnessed that, we were way up on the beach. Holy shit. Yep, and we have those, in not as intense, but we do have Mm -hmm. sneaker waves in New England. I will throw that out there. I hated every second of that story. Holy shit. Mm Mm-hmm. That is terrifying. The ocean is powerful. Yes. It's rip currents, the whole nine yards. Scary. Mm-hmm. Very scary, very cold. Yep. Oh, that's scary. And unfortunately, appropriate for today's episode. Mm-hmm. The reason I asked Katie uh, what your biggest fear was, was not to provoke you into saying drowning. I did not know you were going to say that. Um, I was just curious because this story makes me think of biggest fears because it is quite terrifying. And again, I was a competitive swimmer. I used to race across that pool, no big deal. But the ocean, whales, forget it. I like lakes, but I still won't go very far. Nope. I won't like, I don't really like jumping off docks because what if I land on a sharp rock and it pierces my butthole? Like, I just don't. Uh, Right. And how many people have been, even in a pool. Yes. How many people have been paralyzed Mm -hmm. diving in thinking that the water is deeper than it is. Yeah. And they dive into the shallow end, and there goes your spinal cord. Gone. Water is not something to play with. No, it's not. You can drown in, what is it, an inch of water? Pretty much. Children have died, drowned, because they've flipped over into a bucket with an inch of water. Oh, yeah. And they can't. Their head's too heavy, and they can't Mm -hmm. take it away. It's scary. And again, all of that is to say this episode is scary like that. So just be mindful as we go on into the episode because it is pretty again a lot of it unfortunately is speculation because Mm -hmm. it's unclear what really happened but we can all kind of make inferences on how it ended 
And without further ado, today we will be covering the, the disappearance of Sophia McKenna and Spencer Rubford. All right, per usual, our sources will start our episode off. Katie, tell me what you have. I have a Reddit thread called Unresolved Mysteries, dailyvoice.com, nbcconnecticut.com, and the Charlie Project. Awesome. I have three Reddit threads. I kind of went yeah. I kind of went a little crazy. I have one from Unresolved Mysteries, one from the thread Last Images, and also one from the thread Connecticut. Oh, I didn't know they had a whole Reddit thread, but here we are. I also got an article from WTNH, an article from AP News. I got two articles from the North Fork, New York patch page, and also a thread on web sleuths. Damn. Yeah, I was kind of, like, invested. (laughs) Because once I started reading about it, I was like, there's so many theories and there's so many different ways it could have happened and all this stuff. I think it's also crazy, too, that, and we'll get into it, the two victims were pretty young. Very, I would say very young, yeah. That's, yeah. It's sad. And not too far off from our age either, which I think sometimes, too, that's where it tends to pique my, not interest, but it tends to be more intriguing because that's someone that, you know, maybe in a different life we could have been friends with, we could have been in social circles with, we could have went to school with them. So it's just, it's crazy to think that this happens, of course, to anyone. Yeah. But having the victims be close to your own age really puts things in perspective, I think. I would have to agree with that. So on the late evening of Saturday, May 26th of 2018, Sophia McKenna and her friend Spencer Rugford decided to take a late night trip out onto the water. Sophia McKenna was 21 years old at this time. She had grown up in North Stonington, Connecticut, and had recently obtained her massage therapy license. According to her friends, Sophia was sweet and kind, and she was also a very hard worker. Initially, she wanted to be a nurse. I read somewhere that it was in honor of her grandma or someone close to her that was also a nurse. And this ended up just not happening, at least not at that point. And she instead got her massage therapy license, which is also awesome. Massage is so important. Just saying. Listen, (laughs) God's work right there. Truly. Spencer Rugford, on the other hand, was 20 years old and he had grown up in Florida He had actually made the move to Groton, Connecticut, to attend the University of Connecticut, specifically the Avery Point campus. He was known as being a good solid swimmer, and he most recently had gotten a job as a fishing charter, basically doing, like, morning, afternoon, like, tours around the area and that sort of thing. So he was, they were just two souls who happened to meet. They actually met while they both worked at a day spa in Groton, and it was called the Red Door Salon and Spa. Supposedly, this has been reported a few places and can be kind of corroborated by uh, some friends and family, but Sophia and Spencer did have a romantic relationship at one point, not at current when this story happened. They had called it off, and they had remained friends, and it seemed like they had been able to actually maintain a decent relationship as friends. Now, I don't know about you, Katie. I've tried being friends with my exes before. Holy God, no. No, there's a reason why they're an ex. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Maybe if things ended, you know, really well and it was sure. mutual and... Ah, uh, no. Yeah, I don't no. know. 
And here's the thing, too, is that Sophia actually was in a relationship at this point. She was dating an ex-boyfriend of hers who, according to some sources, hadn't always really been super kind to her. Some sources even say there were allegations of, like, abuse from this boyfriend to Sophia, but I personally don't have anything to back that up. I just saw it in a few sources, and it was kind of just speculated. Mm -hmm. So it might not be true, but for whatever reason, however it happened, she was dating her ex-boyfriend again, which if that's what worked for them, then fine. You know, no big deal. Either way, she was still friends with Spencer at the very least, and this is probably why they disappeared together, because they were hanging out. Mm -hmm. And we'll get into it more, but there are some details of that that could make it a little, not shady, but, like, a little sneaky. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And so, like I said, on May 26th, in the late evening, almost like May 27th, Sophia and Spencer decided to go out onto the water. Their destination happened to be the new London Ledge Lighthouse, which was rumored, of course, to be haunted. It was something like the lighthouse keeper had killed himself and now he haunts the the lighthouse and anyone who goes there will be blah, blah, blah. Like it was, you know, that kind of thing. I'm sure there's a paranormal podcast that has covered it. Definitely. Because apparently it's one of the most haunted places in all of Connecticut. Interesting. Arguably in New England. Okay. So we may have to look into that one for a future Halloween episode, perhaps? We might just have to. Interesting. I did not know that. Of course, again, I'm someone who doesn't believe in that crap, so it doesn't really matter to me. But it's supposedly, I could see how that maybe would lure some teens or young adults who are drunk or it's late at night and want to go party to going to see this haunted lighthouse. Sure. Yes. I get it. I get it. Totally fair. That night, Sophia and Spencer drove to the University of Connecticut Avery Point campus in Groton and parked the car. It was actually Sophia's car. She had driven them both. The two then grabbed one of the school's sailboats. Yeah. It was a white and blue 14-foot sunfish, and this part is very important. It didn't have a mast. Mm -hmm. So a mast, obviously, is where the sail would go in. Right. So if it doesn't have a mast, it doesn't have a sail... So these guys had to paddle yes. out onto the water. Yep. And the lighthouse they were planning on going to, like you said, Liz, the New London Ledge Lighthouse, it's about a mile off the coast. Yeah. Which to us maybe doesn't sound that crazy, but mm -hmm. when you have to paddle, paddle. at night in the ocean, mm -hmm. that's hard. That is pretty hard. Exhausting, really. Mm-hmm. It's also the end of May, it's Memorial Day weekend, but mind you, of course, we're here all listening to True Crime New England. This is New England. <laughs> right. So it still cools down pretty much just as the sun sets, yep. the temperature starts to really plummet. Sure. And regardless of it being almost June, the water temperature was just about 60 degrees-ish. And maybe if you're not from New England or part of New England that is landlocked, 60 degrees doesn't sound super cold, right? Um, yeah, when it's, oh boy, when you are in that ocean, it is 60 degrees, that is freezing. It's like your feet go numb before you can even get used to it on your ankles kind of thing. Like, it is so cold. Yes. So cold. And then the air, obviously. The air temperature was around the 50s, but arguably off the water, it's a lot cooler. So we're talking maybe if we're lucky 
about 50 degrees, if not 47 to 49. Yeah. Which that's not great. No, no. You'd be, you'd be chilly. Yeah. And if you think of it, you're paddling with oars, you're going to get a little bit of splash and a little splish, and you might probably get a little wet, which will make you even more cold because it's cold outside and the water's freezing. So it's just like not a great situation. It's not a perfect time to go on the water, really. And it was really late at night, if not early in the morning. So that is also kind of like where it's not a great idea. And unfortunately, what happens next is kind of hazy. We don't really have a clear picture of what happened. Sophia, at some point during their journey to the lighthouse, Mm -hmm. she had used Spencer's phone to post a video on Snapchat, which if you are not familiar with Snapchat... What? (laughs) It's a social media app that people, you know, post pictures and videos and you can send them to friends or you can put them on like your story. Mm -hmm. So she had taken a video of Spencer paddling towards the lighthouse Mm -hmm. and then she kind of pans the camera around Mm -hmm. to show the coastline. Yeah. The only light you can really see is from the coastline. Yeah. It's not like there's other boats out there with them. It's pretty dark. And it looks like Spencer is just paddling into black. Literally. At around 2 o'clock in the morning, Spencer took a photo of Sophia sticking her tongue out next to a no trespassing sign, which now this means they are officially at the lighthouse. Yes. So they made it. They made it to their destination. They're Mm -hmm. having fun. Sure. We don't know what else went on when they were at the lighthouse, but, Mm -hmm. you know, clearly they made it to land. They made it there. And I think it's important to say that the land that the lighthouse was on was not big. Like, barely stand up a bowl. Like, it was not a lot. And it was, like, rocky, like, concrete slab. Think of, like, just, like, a little place where you could put a lighthouse. Like, the bare mins. Mm -hmm. And so that's where they were. Just to kind of put that in your brain. Set the scene a little bit. And thanks to the Snapchat photos and the videos, we kind of have a timestamp, which is interesting. And kind of helps paint the picture, but not really. This was the last known activity from the phone. Yes. The next day, Sunday, May 27th, Spencer was supposed to be at a family event. He never showed up, which is not like him at all. Mm -hmm. So when he couldn't be reached, you know, his family is trying to call him, get a hold of him, ask him where he is. His family ended up calling police. Around this time on this day, Sophia's boyfriend was also getting worried that he hadn't heard from her because Mm -hmm. that was unlike her as well. Yeah. You know, of course, she's going to be talking to her boyfriend. Oh, yeah. He reached out to her mom, Michelle. Michelle was like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I haven't heard from her either. Mm -hmm. Let me check my phone to see if she had let me know her whereabouts. You know, she's 21, but she's good about letting me know, keeping me in the loop on her and her safety and kind of what's going on. Right. Michelle had let her youngest daughter play on her phone that morning. Mm -hmm. So because she kind of woke up and gave her phone to the daughter and said, okay, play on my phone, Mm -hmm. do what you want to do. She realized that she had not seen several missed phone calls from really weird timestamps and from an unknown number. Yes. So she was called what ended up being seven times. Once at 2.05 a.m., once at 2.06 a.m., once at 2.07 a.m., three times at 2.08, and then the last call was at 2.09. There were no voicemails. And Michelle could only speculate that that was Sophia calling because 
Eventually, they learned it was Spencer's phone she was calling from, and Spencer didn't know Sophia's mom. Mm -hmm. Why would he dial her phone number? And also, why were no voicemails left is another question that a lot of people have been asking. And of course, there's a million different reasons for why that could be, but that also kind of rubbed them the wrong way. And so it was then Michelle was like, oh my God, these must be from Sophia. Mm -hmm. And I missed them. And it's been hours. So then they go and they report her missing to the police. Now there's a missing persons report for Spencer and one for Sophia as well. And then it kind of started to kind of fall into place a little bit because now these two people who did know each other were missing. It was speculated, of course, that they were together. Mm-hmm. When the local news kind of broke out that these two teens were missing, friends who had the either Spencer or Sophia, whoever, on social media came forward and were saying, Spencer posted to his story this picture of Sophia at two in the morning. Could this be something? And that's where the rest of the kind of wondering came into play. Like, oh, we're starting to see a picture here that perhaps Spencer and Sophia were together at 2 a.m. And that's the last time they were heard from. Thank God for those friends for recognizing that that might be some useful information. Sure, yeah. Because when they let police know, hey, it looks like these guys were together, it looks like they were one out on the water, hence the video Sophia took of Spencer paddling out, Right. and two, the no trespassing sign, which, the lighthouse, hello. Mm -hmm. Police were like, oh shit, call the Coast Guard. Yeah. So, thankfully, the Coast Guard was able to be notified. Right. Not that it really came up with much, but at least they were able to thoroughly and quickly search the area. Absolutely. That's who you want on your side when you're in this situation. You want the Coast Guard there and helping. Anything to do with water, Coast Guard. Absolutely. The Coast Guard was notified at about 6.30 p.m. And they started to kind of bring their search around that area of the water. Mm -hmm. So they found Sophia's car where it was parked still at Mm -hmm. the school. Her phone was inside, which that would explain why she used Spencer's phone to call her mom. Sure. And also why all of their social media postings and stuff were on Spencer's Snapchat account and not hers. Right. And the thing is too, is we were talking about this, Katie, I have had an iPhone since they like came out in like 2011 or whatever. I cannot, I can tell you on my hand, one hand, how many times I've left my phone somewhere. Um, It's probably less than five, I would guarantee, because I, I'm a teen, I mean, this is, I'm a person of my time. You have a phone on you and it's always with you. But then you brought up a good point. You said maybe she left it in her car knowing they were going to be on the water. Mm -hmm. That would be probably one of those times where I would leave my phone, but it would be in my view and I would be able to see it. And poke at it if I needed to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But so she left hers in her car, ultimately. And while that might be surprising for me, because I'd never leave my phone, I could see why maybe she would leave it if they're going to be on the water. Yes. Honestly, I would do the same thing. I would leave it in my locked car. Yeah. Make sure it's safe. Because, like, my phone is my whole life. Let's be real. Of course. Let's be real. So I feel like locking my phone in the car would be safest because if I dropped it in the fucking ocean goodbye that's it I'm going after it I'm sorry literally I'm going out too and also too I would also be thinking okay you know Spencer has his phone right 
or the person I'm with has their phone. If we, we got one phone between us, mm -hmm. I can use it to call whoever if I need to. Yeah. We can take our fun videos and pictures on that phone too. Okay, we got us covered. Yeah. I'm securing my phone. Yeah, if he wants to drop his in the ocean, he can. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> if he wants to hand it to me and I'll take a fun Snapchat video of him, fine. fine. But mine is going to be nice and dry in the car. Sure. Back um, on land. Totally fair. Totally fair. The Coast Guard made it to the lighthouse, and there they found Spencer's navy blue tank top tied to a cleat, which is a bar-shaped fixture on docks that are used to secure boats. Yeah. So normally with this, you would see people docking their boats, doing those fancy, hardcore fishermen's knots and wrapping it around. So they didn't go prepared. I mean, they're going out at, what, 2 o'clock in the morning yeah. to go hang out and trespass on a lighthouse? <laughs> right. I wouldn't bring rope with me either. Yeah, that's not what I'd be thinking about. So he was doing kind of a DIY, secure the boat, and he must have used his tank top to try and secure the boat. But the tank top was there still tied off, and the boat was not. Right. And of course, we can surmise that this is his tank top because of the Snapchat videos. Mm -hmm. So they were like, the pieces are coming together. But then unfortunately, just as quickly as they fell together, they fell apart. Because now it's like, what happened? Here's the shirt. Here's the lighthouse. Where's the boat? And where are the two people? And that's when everyone was like, oh no, oh shit, what's going on? So obviously the Coast Guard, the police, family, friends, they all searched the area hardcore trying to find these two people. And unfortunately, on Monday evening, so just about 48 hours after they had set out to sea, the 14-foot white and blue sailboat that the pair had used to take on their journey was found washed up. Interestingly enough, in New York. So it had drifted quite a way. Apparently, initially, there was conflicting reports as to whether Sophia and Spencer had been on a paddleboard. Some thought they had maybe been on a kayak. I'm guessing they probably made those conclusions based on the paddling. Yes. Fair. But it ended up being a boat. And they kind of pieced it together because Spencer was a University of Connecticut student. And there was one missing and it matched the one that they found. So they, you know, were able to piece that together. And according to the police and the Coast Guard who found the sailboat, it appeared to be completely undamaged. So it seems like it just kind of drifted and found its way, washed up in New York. Unfortunately, once they discovered the boat, so now it was about 71 hours of searching, the Coast Guard and the state and local investigators who were looking for Sophia and Spencer decided to suspend their search efforts. They had supposedly searched a 2,025-square-mile area in that water, and they still found nothing. The investigators stated that they had stopped looking, and they would remain stopped because they found the boat, and they didn't find the people that were on the boat. So they can kind of make an unfortunate conclusion there. Mm -hmm. They said, quote, they would remain stopped unless something is found that steers searchers in a different direction, ultimately saying, we know what happened. They drowned. Awful. Very sad. It's a terrible conclusion to make, but kind of uh, a pretty appropriate one. It's realistic. Yeah. A bunch of boats, helicopters, and aircraft, fire departments from surrounding areas, and towboats had all helped in the search. So, you know, especially when you hear about two young people. Mm -hmm. 
going missing, when anybody is out on the water, missing and in danger, Mm -hmm. everybody is usually really good about flying to that area, flocking there, helping in any way they can, searching before it's too late. ASAP, get out on the water, Mm -hmm. because that is one of the scariest positions you can be in. 100%. Is vulnerable out in the water. Of course. So I will say the search, I commend everybody for Mm -hmm. dropping everything and let's go find these two kids. Because they're young, 21 and 20. Yeah. Oh my God. Especially with that town too. I know. With Spencer being a university student. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of support definitely went into the search. Of course. Which is great. On June 8th, 2018, a boater found Spencer's body floating in the water about two miles south of Avery Point. It was determined that he had drowned. Yeah. Unfortunately, to this day, Sophia's body has not been recovered. So there are obviously a lot of theories and a lot of things that could have happened that cold morning on those dark, dark waters. And of course, there's also a lot of questions. First, this is what my mind went to immediately. Sophia and Spencer had a romantic history, okay? And that's fine. Listen, this is not an argument whether people were cheating or not. But it is, of course, that these two people, who once dated, could be friends. Platonic, nothing like that, totally possible. To me, it's a little weird that the fact they had gone out together was at 2 a.m. They didn't tell anyone where they were going. And it kind of points to the fact that they were trying to be sneaky. But then you could also make the argument, why was Spencer posting pictures of Sophia on his story? That's not secretive. That's not sneaky. So it's like, it could be either way, Mm -hmm. you know? Also, this is kind of speculation as to why maybe Sophia called her mom seven times versus calling the police. Maybe she didn't want to be caught cheating. It's also theorized that perhaps both Spencer and Sophia were drunk or high. There's no evidence to necessarily back this up that either of them were inebriated. You could speculate that just by their age and the time. You could also speculate that just how Sophia looks in the picture. Uh, She looks like she's having a great time. She looks a little flushed. She looks a little not present. She looks like she's having a good time. And if that's the case, okay. But obviously, whatever was happening led to this pretty poor decision-making that ultimately led to their death and their disappearance. And that's also another speculation as to why she did not call the police. If she was drunk, she probably wasn't thinking super clearly, maybe didn't think to call the police, but rather her mom. I could see that. Yeah, or she's thinking, I'm going to get in trouble. Everyone's going to be mad at me. I'm going to have consequences. And it seemed too like she was calling her mom. I mean, what, within four minutes, she made seven phone calls? That's frantic. Absolutely. Totally frantic. God, that's awful. Yeah. On the Unresolved Mysteries Reddit thread, a story is laid out by some of the uh, commenters on what could have happened. And piecing it together, I kind of believe something along this line happened. Obviously, we know that the Coast Guard found Spencer's tank top, and it's almost certain that he used it to secure the sailboat onto the cleats that were on the island. Obviously, that's not a super secure way to go about that. And so, you know, Sophia posted that Snapchat at exactly 2 a.m., indicating that they made it to the lighthouse. So we know that for a fact. 
And then the calls to Sophia's mom began to come in at 2.05. So what happened in between in those five minutes? It's theorized that perhaps the boat came undone because, you know, it was tied with a shirt. And that Spencer, who was a strong swimmer, jumped in to try and retrieve it. Why would he jump in to save that boat? A few reasons. It was stolen. So if they lost it, they're in big doo-doo. Or because it was their only way to get out of there. Mm -hmm. So that's... You know, I think I could see why someone would jump in there, especially if he feels comfortable with the ocean. Or if he was inebriated and wasn't thinking straight, right? Since he had to paddle all the way out there because it was very cold, it was dark, it's almost certainly possible that Spencer became exhausted and drowned. The way your body is reacting to the cold water like that, it wouldn't be surprised if he was a little stunned Mm -hmm. and it made him exhausted faster and he drowned. The thing is, is that drowning is typically silent. So if Sophia is standing on this ledge, this small slab of something holding up a lighthouse, it's pitch black and it's cold and she can't see where Spencer went. She could maybe hear that he went into the water. Maybe he handed her his phone. Maybe this, maybe that. She, he ended up in the water. And I think it was known that he was going to do that. But she couldn't see much further than her face. And even with the flashlight from the phone, probably not super far from that either. So it's most likely that he jumped in the water. And after a few minutes, he had drowned. And Sophia, who probably didn't hear it because she was... I mean, hearing the waves of the ocean, but also because drowning is typically silent, she probably started calling him, calling him, and when he didn't answer, she frantically called her mom. Mm -hmm. That is maybe where a third point of why she didn't call the police can be made. It might be because they had stolen the sailboat and because they were now trespassing. So maybe she didn't want to get arrested because... You know, honestly, like, if they had made it through that, they probably would have because they stole and they were trespassing. They would have at least paid fines. Totally fair. But when you're panicking like that and also possibly drunk or high or both, you're not going to make the right decision. So while maybe, like, you and I standing here, Katie, would say, obviously I would call the police because I'd need help, that might be different for someone who is doing, like, I know that I would be in trouble because of the things that I was doing were wrong. Right. But also I want to live, you know, like in hindsight. I don't think they were thinking like that. I think they were thinking, oh, shit, we need to get this solved real quick. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, Sophia was not a strong swimmer. She was not a swimmer by any means in that she didn't really like to swim super much. Her family and her friends say that it would be so unlikely that she would have gone in after Spencer purposefully. And especially knowing that it was dark, it was cold, and that she probably wasn't even strong enough anyway. So what we do know is that Spencer's phone has not been found. Sophia's phone was found in her car because she left it there. Spencer's phone has not been found, which obviously leads us to kind of conclude he did not jump in the water with it. This is why it maybe makes me think that he handed the phone to Sophia and said, I'm going to go jump in the water. You keep this. And then when I come back, we can, you know, whatever. Now it becomes with, you know, within the speculation, more speculation, Mm -hmm. right? Could Spencer have handed his phone off to Sophia? Yes. So it wouldn't get wet while he dove in, got the boat. Yes. Does that mean Sophia had the phone on her person 
and she maybe was either holding onto the phone, accidentally slipped and fell into the water because it was dark and it was a small area, and then the phone was with her, and that's why it hasn't been found because she also has not been found. Like, it was in her pocket or on her person. And then the ledge that the lighthouse was on was super slippery. The, I mean, the waves come crashing it. It's dark as fuck. She probably didn't see, you know, the uh, edge of the ledge. So it's very possible that she could have slipped and fallen in. Another Redditor theorizes a very similar story. But instead of Sophia falling in, she jumped in. They said that their rationale was that whether she was a strong swimmer or not, the fear of getting caught and arrested for trespassing and stealing that boat may have been way too scary. It may have overpowered her instincts. And so she jumped in and tried to reach the boat as well. Of course, she wasn't a strong swimmer. She may have drowned. Also, it was cold and dark. She was clothed. That naturally weighs you down. Mm -hmm. She probably, if that was the case, drowned due to all those factors. Right. She was wearing a sweatshirt too. Yes. Which is awful to think about yep, in the would, water. Absolutely. As to why her body's never been found, it literally could be as simple as where the tides carried her body out to sea. It could have been that she maybe sunk, maybe that she went on a different path, you know, maybe she became food for the wildlife that was around. There are sharks around this area. There are seals, there are birds, like it is very possible that she became she could have been consumed. Why does that mean Spencer wasn't eaten? I don't know. I don't know. What we do know is that her body's never been found. And the most likely scenario is that she drowned just as Spencer did, but her body took a different current, a different path, or is under the water somewhere still. Some people theorize that she was abducted. I think this is extremely unlikely and uh, not even really, like, we shouldn't even really touch on that. I think that's kind of silly. Other Redditors were theorizing because during the time that this happened in 2018 and the time of, like, the article was posted, it had been, like, a year and a half, maybe, and a number of people had gone missing in those waters around that area at the same time, and they had all been recovered. So people were saying, why hasn't her body, out of all these bodies, why hasn't she been found? Again, it could be as simple as the current she fell in. Right. What I'm trying to say is, I think she drowned. And I think instead of her body traveling the same path as Spencer's, I think something happened and she ended up somewhere else, and that's it. As unfortunate as that is, as for the phone, I think it probably was in her pocket. If it wasn't left on the ledge of the lighthouse, it might have been, like, they might have left it there. If Sophia did jump in, knowing that she was going to be swimming and getting it wet, she maybe put it down. Could a wave have come up and knocked it over? 100%. And then it's at the bottom of the ocean. You guys didn't see that, but I just shrugged. You know, like, what I mean... I know. And for her family members, too, I do not blame them at all whatsoever for, you know, continuing to search for her, of continuing course. to support the search, because regardless of what happened to her, you know, you want answers. Of course. And you want to be able to bury your daughter, your family member. You want to have that closure. You don't want to know what happened. Right. You don't want to just dismiss it as, oh, lost at sea. Right. You want to at least have something of her, one, to prove that. Right. And two, for closure, maybe give her a proper burial. Of course. And it's unfortunate, too, because her mom was saying, I know 
theoretically. I know realistically she's dead. But the fact that we haven't found her yet, my I can't help but hope just a little bit. Of course. Of course, right? It's awful and it's sad. And, you know, I hope someday soon they find her so that this can all be over and her family can just sleep and get some rest and know that she's found and she's, you know, they can bring her home, essentially. U.S. Coast Guard Commander Andrew Eli stated, quote, So the waters here are in the low 50s, and if a person's immersed in waters like this, they probably have less than 20 hours of what we would consider survival time if they don't have a life jacket with them. Which, based off of the Snapchat videos, you know, Spencer wasn't wearing a life jacket. It's pretty safe to assume Sophia wasn't either. Right. At the time of her disappearance, Sophia was 5'9 and weighed 130 pounds. She had brown hair and blue eyes. She was wearing a gray sweatshirt and has tattoos of the phrase, Thy world is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. She has a tattoo on the side of her left foot. She has a tattoo of the phrase, Searching for the thrill of it on her ankle. A crescent moon on the left side of her waist. Cherry blossoms and a butterfly on the back of her right shoulder. And a zodiac sign for cancer behind her ear. She does have pierced ears. Anyone with any information on the disappearance of Sophia McKenna is asked to please call the Connecticut police. Their number is 860-848-6500. And that is the mysterious and also tragic disappearance of Sophia McKenna and Spencer Mugford, which of course ultimately ended with his demise and the assumed demise of Sophia. It's tragic it's sad it shows that some silly decisions can lead to some deadly consequences and also deadly speculation as well yep obviously of course you know the speculation that i shared wasn't trying to speak ill will of either of them it's just what people were guessing and honestly some of it seems fairly logical agreed and of course we wanted to cover this case because sophia is still missing and her family and I mean, obviously, Sophia, she deserves to be brought home. If you guys want to talk to us about what you think happened in this case, we would love to hear it. What are your theories? What are your speculations? Let us know. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at TrueCrimeAny. All lowercase. And you can send us an email at TrueCrimeAny at gmail.com. We also, of course, have a website, TrueCrimeNE.com. You could go to our handy-dandy submission tool where you can be anonymous if you so choose. Leave your name if you decide that's what you want to do. If you let us know your thoughts, we would love to hear them. Whether about this case that we just covered or any other cases we've done in the past. We also are very much open to case suggestions based in New England, please. Please. We want to hear your thoughts. We want to hear your comments. And yeah, if you guys have any other cases, whether it's similar to this or not, we would love to hear your suggestions. If we end up covering a case that you suggest, we'll give you a shout out. Absolutely. And if you guys want, you can head on over to Spotify and give us a star rating, or you can hit up Apple Podcasts and give us a star rating and or written review. And with that, we'll see you next week. Bye. Goodbye.